Life Christian Centre is a church located in the city of Adelaide. It is made up of people from different backgrounds and walks of life who have been transformed through a relationship with Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us online at www.life-church.com.au And World Outreach is uh, led by uh, Pastor Bruce Hills, who will be sharing the word here today. It's an organisation uh, that's committed to unreached people groups, and that's their, what they specialise in. And I think it's just a powerful vision, just an incredible vision uh, that they've they committed themselves to, to reaching those that have not heard the gospel, um, the message. And so uh, we're privileged to be able to come alongside an organisation like them. We won't be able to go, we won't be able to do uh, that, but we're able to partner with a World Outreach and uh, and be uh, receive the blessing that, that's on them and also bless some of them. They have um, currently 290 missionaries actually in the field doing the work, which I think is just incredible and outstanding. And uh, as I said, we want to we want to be uh, we want to be supporting that and be part of uh, the ministry and the vision that they have. And it's a privilege to have Pastor Bruce Hills with us today. He's uh, a friend of our church and ministers are here on a regular basis. Uh, he's been in ministry for many many years. Uh, pastored uh, one of the large churches in Queensland, and and over the last few years been involved um, heading up World Outreach. I know that God is going to speak to us today. So would you give him a big big warm welcome as he comes to minister the word. And good morning, everybody. Thank you for welcoming a person from Melbourne. Uh, Normally I get hassled in Adelaide, so it's great to be here and to feel uh, loved and honoured also. And thank you to Pastor Joe for the introduction this morning and for welcoming me and inviting me back uh, also. As you heard today, this church is one of the supporters of what we're doing across the majority world. Uh, World Outreach International is 91 years old. It was actually started by an Australian in New Zealand. Uh, But now we work in 33 countries, and that is our base to go into a further 37 countries, 70 nations all up. And our primary focus is what we call the unreached people groups of the world. An unreached people group is an ethno-linguistic group that has so few Christians that it can't evangelize their own people, disciple their own people, or plant their own churches without external help. And that's about 3.2 billion people, or about 42.3% of the world living in a people group where they can live their whole life and never have an opportunity to hear about Jesus. I don't know if you know, but 80% of the world's Muslims, Buddhists and Hindus live in a country where the gospel is illegal. At the moment, 90% of them will live their whole life and never meet another follower of Jesus. And so it is a massive task that we have. And as Pastor Joe mentioned, you may never go to those countries because they're pretty rough in places. But through your partnership with real people doing an incredible work for God, you are making a difference. So when you're giving to missions, it's not just invisible people in invisible places doing an invisible work, but flesh and blood people doing a real work work for God. And all of us who serve in World Outreach are not paid. We have to raise our own support and you are, part, you are partnering with us in what we're doing. And so through your giving, you're empowering people who have a call to go to the nations to do what God has put in their heart to do also. So I want to encourage you to get right behind it. That'd be great. All right, I'm going to come right to the message this morning. 
And I want to turn your attention to a well-known story in the Scripture that's found in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 4. And I'll be reading in a moment from verse number 35 through to verse number 41. The Gospel of Mark, chapter 4, verses 35 to 41. And today's message is a very simple word from God. And the title of my message today is this, Going Over, Not Going Under. Going over, not going under. And this is what I really feel upon my heart to share with you you this morning, that you are not going to go under, you are going to go over. You will see breakthroughs. You will come through. You will see answers to prayer. You will get to the other side. Now, our text today, Mark 4, verses 35 to 41, records the story of Jesus calming the storm. And I think all of us in this room would realize that sometimes life has storms, emotional storms, family storms, spiritual storms, relational storms, financial storms, uh, storms in our health or maybe in our workplace. And sometimes when we're going through a storm, we ask ourselves, will it ever end? Will I get through this? Will I survive this storm? And when we're going through a storm, sometimes all we can see is the storm itself, not the destination, not the deliverer, only despair. And there's an old saying that goes, tests don't make the man, they reveal the man. And let me paraphrase that with non-gender language, that storms don't make the person, they reveal the person. And what we're going to see today is that the real threat in the story was not the storm itself, but what the storm uncovered in the hearts of the disciples. Because sometimes in a storm, it reveals our negative mindset. Sometimes the storms reveal a lack of faith or trust in God. And the biggest threat to getting through is not what we're going through, but how we're responding to what we are going through. So let's begin to read this passage and unpack it and apply it to our lives. I'm reading from verse number 35. It says, That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, Let us go over to the other side, and leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat, and there were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped, and Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. And the disciples woke him and said, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? And he got up rebuked the wind and said to the waves, quiet, be still. And then the wind calmed down and it was completely calm. And he said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? And they were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. So let me put this story into its biblical setting. Jesus had been teaching on the shores of the Sea of Galilee. And he just finished this long and grueling day of teaching the people about the kingdom of God. And then on top of that, he had to teach his disciples about the meaning of his parables. And he must have been physically, emotionally, and mentally exhausted. And at the end of that day, in verse number 35, it says that he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. 
God. And this is where we find the first reason why we know we are not going to go under, but we're going to go over. Number one is this, because Jesus knows where he's taking us. Because Jesus knows where he is taking us. Knowing in advance what he had in mind and knowing that the storm was brewing and knowing where he was taking them and knowing what he wanted to do within them, Jesus said, let us go over to the other side. Jesus knew where he was taking them. And the storm was going to be part of the journey to get them where Jesus wanted them to go. The disciples did not know, but on the other side was a man in need of deliverance. We find him in Mark 5 verses 1 1 to 10, and this is how it describes him. It says that he was living among the tombs. He was uncontrollable. He was self-mutilating. He was full of demons, and people were fearful of him and running from him. And this is the amazing thing. Even though people were running away from him, Jesus was on his way toward him and Jesus was going to get to the other side because he was going there to set this young man free and I want to say to you today that you are not going to go under you are going to go over because Jesus wants to get you to the other side because there's people who are living among the tombs who are not living as Jesus wants them to live who he wants you to set free in his name And Jesus is using whatever storm that you're going through at the moment to shape your story and to shape your experience so that others may know about his love and power. Your test is going to become your testimony. Let me say that again, that your test is going to become your testimony. But I want you to hear the words of Jesus. Let us go over to the other side, for you have been on the one shore for way too long. But there is a higher dimension. There is another realm. Oh, there's more I want to do in you. There is more I want to do through you. So come on, let us go to the other side. You've been on the one level, the one shore for way, way too long. Friends, Jesus knows where he's taking us. He knows what he's doing inside of us. And therefore, may we rest today in that fact we may not understand why we are going through the storm that we are going through but what we do know is this Jesus knows where he is taking us and the storm may be raging around us but we know Jesus knows where he's taking us number two The second thing we see in this passage about how we know we are not going to go under, but we're going to go over is this. Number two, because Jesus is with us on the journey. Jesus is with us on the journey. Listen to what Jesus said, verse number 35. Let us go to the other side. Let us go to the other side. And if Jesus is asking you to go go somewhere or to do something, he is with you. For he said, let us go to the other side, you and me. And the wonderful reality today is that we do not journey in this life alone. We do not go through what we go through alone. We do not have to endure what we are enduring alone, for the Lord is with us. 
And may we remember that wonderful promise of Hebrews 13, verse number 5, that says, Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. And no matter how you feel today, may you know the reality, Jesus will never discard you, Jesus will never forsake you, Jesus will never turn his back upon you. He is with you, he is with you. In the good times and the bad times, he is with you. At work and at home, he is with you. At leisure or or, or in conflict, He is with you. When things seem like they are out of control in your life, may we remember today that He is with us. When we don't understand why we are going through what we are going through, please remember the Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. Let me tell you a story. I was reading the account of a British anthropologist who was studying an American Indian tribe in the 1800s. And the tribe was located in what is now the border of North Dakota and South Dakota. And he was talking about a ceremony when a young boy would become a brave. And what would happen is all the men would take this young man out of his village and would take him to a place in the forest that he'd never been before, be it beyond any recognizable landmark. And they would take him way out into the forest. And then around about sunset, they would leave him all by himself. And this young boy would have to wait in the bush all by himself all night. Up to this point in his life, he'd been taught how to hunt and fish and light fires, but he'd never done anything like this before. And at sunset, all the men would leave and leave this young boy all by himself. And you can imagine what it was like for him. So very carefully, he would light a fire because he knew that in that part of, 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 of the United States, there were grizzly bears and mountain lions. And you can just imagine every time he would hear leaves rustle or a twig snap, he would think it was what my predator that was coming to get him. But he had to wait there all by himself all night to prove that he was brave. In the morning... As the sun began to rise, he would realize that he'd been left on the pathway that would take him all the way back to the village. But as the sun got higher and higher, he would realize that somebody else was there who had been hidden from his sight. His father had been silently and stealthily watching over him all night with bow and arrow ready for any eventuality to protect him from any predator. The boy had felt vulnerable. The boy had felt, had felt exposed. The boy had felt fearful, but his fear was needless. Why? Because his father was watching over him. And when I read that story, that reminded me of Psalm 121, verses 5 to 8, that, that reads like this. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is the shade at your right hand. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going both now and forevermore. I want to say to you today, friends, no matter what you are feeling, the Lord is watching over you and the Lord is with you. Now Luke's account of, of this story tells us that they got into the boat and as they got into the boat, Jesus found a cushion in the stern of the boat and promptly fell asleep. 
The day had taken a toll and he fell into a deep sleep. And this is where the problems began. In our text in verse number 37, it says, A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. And Luke's gospel tells us they were in great danger. For the Sea of Galilee is located 230 metres below the level of the sea. And you've got the hills of of Gilead in the east and the hills of Galilee in the west. And there's this southeasterly wind that can come very quickly and cause that normally very tranquil lake to become an incredibly dangerous place. And this is where we come to the third reason why we are no, we are not going to go under, but we're going to go over. Number three, because Jesus is not afraid of anything. Let me say it again. Jesus is not afraid of anything. So the storm is raging. The bock, not the bock, the boat is rocking violently and the waves are buffeting the boat and, and threatening to swamp it. But verse number 38 reads, Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. Jesus was asleep. While the disciples have got these torturous emotions, Jesus was fast asleep in the stern on a cushion. No one can relax or sleep if they are afraid. But Jesus knew that he was in the hands of his father. He trusted in his father. He had faith in his father. And wrapped in the broad arms of faith, Jesus slept. He was not going to go under. He was going to go over. And what a wonderful picture we have. Every muscle in his body was relaxed. He wasn't having bad bad dreams or nightmares. He wasn't imagining the worst possible thing that could happen. The waves did not startle him. The uh, the wind did not, did not disturb him. And the waves did did not wake him up. He was sleeping the sleep of a person who trusted in his father. And may we remember today, our great God fears nothing. He is afraid of nothing. Fear is a human emotion that we have when we're in real or perceived danger or threat. And, and sometimes we're faced with something and it makes us just feel afraid. But I want you to know this, friends. Even though your storm may be very big, your God is bigger than your storm. And our God is not afraid of anything. He is fearless and fearsome and, fearsome and is to be feared. And the God who indwells us by the Holy Spirit is not afraid of anything. And therefore, by the indwelling presence, and some power of the Holy Spirit, we have a divine capacity to look at fear eye to eye and to overcome in Jesus' mighty name. So with no fear in his life whatsoever, Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. Let me tell you a story, and you may have seen this on the news as well. There was a man and he was out fishing off the, uh, off the coast of New South Wales. And a rogue wave came and rocked and, and, and toppled his little tinny over and promptly the boat sank. And this man was out there in the middle of the ocean, but thankfully he wasn't too far from the shore and there was a rock protruding out of the ocean in about a kilometre away from the shore. So he swam over to that rock and he clambered up that rock and he hung on to that rock all night. In the morning, a helicopter came And they winched down 
And they rescued him and they flew him back, back to the shore. When he got, got to the shore, the media converged around him. And I remember the picture of this, of this, this um, drenched guy with a towel around his head and all these microphones in his face. And one of the reporters asked him, they said, were you afraid? And he said this, he said, I shook, but the rock didn't. He says, I shook. But the rock didn't. And when I heard that story, I thought, what a great analogy to the Christian life. Sometimes we're in the middle of a storm and because we're human, oh, we shake and we've got fear in our life. But isn't it great to know we can hang on to Jesus and he is not afraid of anything and he does not shake. So Jesus was not afraid. He was fast asleep, but this was not true of the disciples. They were seized with a crippling and unbridled fear. And as the storm increased, their fear increased. They forgot that Jesus was there and they reasoned that no one, not even God himself, cared about what they were going through. And this is what happens when we forget what God has said. This is what happens when we forget that Jesus is in our boat. This is what happens when we forget all the great things that God has done in the past. And how do we know that they were filled with doubt? Verse number 38 says, They gathered around him and they woke him up and they said, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? Teacher, don't you care if we drown? And their words showed a tone of unbelief. An accusation and fear. Their words unmasked what was in their heart. They were not in a good way. They were accusing Jesus of not caring. You know, sometimes, friends, we can be exactly the same. We are in the middle of a storm and we say, God, don't you care about what I'm going through? Don't you care about my health? Don't you care about my family? Don't you care about my finances? And we can call out to God the most horrendous things. And sometimes our words and our prayers can reveal what's in our hearts. But this leads us to the fourth reason why we know we are not going to go under, but we're going to go over number four. Because Jesus has the power to still any storm. I want you to know today, you are not going to go under. You are going to go over because the Jesus that we serve has the power to still any storm. So I want you to picture for a moment these, these waterlogged disciples waking Jesus, screaming at him, Don't you care if we drown? And imagine Jesus as he opens his eyes and he sees all of these men gathered around him and he's looking in their faces for some element of faith. But then the Bible says that Jesus stood up and the wind would have been blowing his hair. The spray of the waves would have been soaking him and the sea was raging and pitching and buffeting the boat. The long fingers of the storm are closing in, but Jesus does not flinch. He is not afraid. He is not intimidated. He is not anxious. And the disciples would have been staring at him with longing and anticipation. And then Jesus spoke and his voice was calm and resonant and authoritative. This is the very voice that spoke the universe into existence. The one who spoke and created everything that we, we can see. And in verse number 39 it says that he rebuked the wind and he said to the waves, Quiet, 
Be still. And the same authority which had silenced demons now silenced the wind. In essence, he said, you will be muzzled. You will be silent. You will be quiet. You will be still. And immediately, verse number 39 says that the wind died down and it was completely calm. What's the lesson here for us today in our lives? How do we know we are not going to go under, but we're going to go over? Because Jesus has the power to still any storm. I want to encourage you today to remember our God can do anything. Nothing is impossible with our great God. And the calming of the sea shows God's ability to do anything for his people. Even the very forces of nature itself are subject to the word and the will of God Almighty. And one of the greatest examples of this is when God made a way through the Red Sea to deliver his people from from oppression in Egypt through to the promised land. And in the Old Testament, we read about God bringing walls down and feeding his people in the desert and making the sun stand still and sending sending destructive hail on an enemy and bringing water out of a rock. And the, the list could go on and on and on. And we may never need a miracle like that, but what we do need to remember is this our God is able to do anything and he is able to still any storm and let me encourage you again today in Jesus name no matter what you're going through no matter what you're feeling no matter what you are facing our God is able to still any storm and you will not go under you will go over because Jesus is able to still that storm number five How do we know that we're not going to go under, but we're going to go over? Number five is this, because Jesus is working on the weak areas of our life. Jesus is working on the weak areas of our life. So Jesus has dealt with the external problem, which is the storm. But that's not the real problem. The real problem is the internal problem inside of the disciples. In the story... Jesus spoke twice, once to the winds and the waves, but the second time to his disciples. The first time he dealt with the external circumstance, but the second time he dealt with the internal consequence. Let me say again, in this story, the real problem is not the storm, but what the storm uncovered in the disciples. And in our lives, often the real problem is not what we are going through, but how we're responding to what we are going through. And Jesus looked at his disciples and he asked them two questions that I want to ask you today as well. In verse number 40, he asked them, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? And they did not answer Jesus. Again, the real problem was not the storm, but the real problem was what was unveiled and revealed in their heart. And there were two potentially fatal problems. There was the presence of fear and the absence of faith. And those two are strongly linked, the presence of fear and the absence of faith. Because where faith is absent, fear will flourish and fester. And if that fear is left unchecked and unchallenged in our life, it'll produce panic. And panic produces wild imagination where we start to to imagine the worst possible thing that can go wrong. And as a consequence, our faith just evaporates. 
And fear is the, is the absence of faith in the same way that darkness is the absence of light. And the answer and the antidote is the opposite, that if we put our faith in Him, even though we don't understand why we are going through, but we put our faith in God and who He is and His nature and His character and how He has revealed Himself in Jesus, that will neutralize that fear. They should have recalled that Jesus said, let us go over to the other side. They should have remembered that he was there physically with them in the boat. They should have remembered the great miracles that he'd done in the past. They had every reason not to fear, but they'd forgotten about Jesus. And the consequence was fear almost suffocated them. And sometimes we can be just as the disciples were, anxious and fearful and faithless because we don't remember we have his word we have his presence we can experience his power and we are never alone and by asking the, the, these questions why are you so afraid do you still have no no faith Jesus wanted his disciples to trust in his word and to trust in his presence today I want to encourage you this is so simple but so profound I want to encourage you today put your faith in Jesus put your hope in Jesus put your trust in Jesus in the middle of the storm and you may feel like you're being buffeted right now put your faith in Jesus now tell you why because he's not finished with you and he's not going to give up on you and he will not reject you he's going to keep working in you and through you so that you can distrust him with all of your heart and I want you to know today you are not going to go under you are going to go over because Jesus has not given up on you and he's going to continue to work on the weak areas of your life so that you will know that you will know that you will know no matter what you are going through you will get through in his name and number six the last one how do we know that we're not going to go under but we're going to go go over because Jesus uses storms to reveal more of himself Jesus uses storms to reveal more of himself. Verse number 41 reads, They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. They were astonished. They were terrified. They were dumbfounded. And they asked the question, Who is this? For the subduing of the wind and the wave was not just a demonstration of power. It was an epiphany. It was Jesus unveiling, revealing to his disciples who he was. And the lesson there is this. There are some things that we will go through in this life that have a far greater spiritual significance than we realize at the moment. And Jesus will use that very experience to say to you, this is who I am. This is my nature. This is my character. I want you to put your trust in me. Jesus is using whatever you're going through at the moment to reveal more of himself. He wants to reveal and unveil to you who he is, that he is trusted and he is trustworthy. And these revelations shape our future understanding of God. But I pray also that we would never lose that sense of who is this? 
Who is this? We should always retain a sense of holy awe. Yes, we know him. And yes, he lives in our life. And yes, we have his word. But we will never fully comprehend him this side of eternity. And I pray that we would always have that sense of, oh, who is this? This great and eternal God. And I love how Colossians 1 describes him. It says, he is the image of the invisible God. He is the firstborn over all creation. He is the creator of all things seen and unseen. He holds all things together by the word of his power. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead. He is the one who has reconciled the world to himself. That is who he is. And sometimes God and some of his ways are a mystery or a paradox or conundrum. But in in the reality of our existence here and now and in the middle of a crisis, may we continue to always say, who is this? And I'll tell you who he is. He is the one who is with you in your boat right now, even if you think he is asleep. He is God's presence with you in any and every circumstance. He is the risen Savior, triumphant over sin and the grave. He is the reigning King, endowed with power and authority to muzzle any storm in our lives. So let's always live with a sense of awe and focus on Jesus and reach out to Jesus and put your faith in Jesus and pray to Jesus today. So in summary and conclusion, this is the simple message I have for you this morning and it's this, you are not going to go under, you are going to go over. You will get through. You will get to the other side. You will come through stronger and you will have a more resilient faith and a greater knowledge of Jesus. And how do we know that we're not going to go under, but we're going to go over? Number one, because the Jesus that you serve, he knows where he's taking you. He knows what he's doing in you. Number two, because the Jesus that you serve, he is with you on the journey. You may feel alone and vulnerable and exposed, but Jesus is with you on the journey. Number three, because the Jesus that we serve, he's not afraid of anything. Just hang on to that rock because he does not shake. Number four, because our Jesus can still any storm. One word of his power. And number five, Because Jesus knows us, he knows that we are weak, he knows that we are frail, but he's going to keep working in us in the middle of the storm to make us strong and to work on those weak areas of our life. And number six, because Jesus will use whatever you were going through at the moment to say to you, this is who I am. This is what you need to know. You can trust me, put your faith in me and depend on me. The presence of Jesus in us, And with us is all that we need to endure whatever storm we're going through today in Jesus' name. Would you mind standing with me, please, as I close in prayer? Just before I pray, and with every eye closed, just in an attitude of reverence and awe before God. What was the one thing today that was the word of the Lord to you what was the one thing that was God's word to you today that you need to apply that you need to remember about getting through whatever you are getting through would you just take a moment please in the middle of your storm 
What's the one thing that was the word of the Lord to you? And just begin to converse, speak with God, engage with Him about that one thing. Then I just want to pray over you today. In Jesus' name. What an amazing message. What an amazing word. It's a, it's a story many of us know. Um, we've heard this story many, many times. But the message is as powerful as it's always been. Just a great uh, source of encouragement for whatever storm we're going through. That God is going to get us to the other side by His grace and for His glory. It's through His strength. He's going to get us to the other side to accomplish His purposes in and through our lives. And Father, I just thank You for Your Word. As we leave this place, Lord, let us reflect on, on what we've heard today, Lord God. And above all else, let's apply. Let's pray. Let's uh, let faith begin to rise in our hearts. I just thank you for what you're going to do in and through our lives. And as we leave this place, would you use us for your glory, Lord God? Help us to be the light in the darkness. Help us to speak the words that you would speak wherever you've placed us. Help us to do the very things that you would do, Lord God. Be glorified, we pray. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.